Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopel. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati. All right, guys, if you found the show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. I'm on a roll right now. You guys are doing awesome. I'm up to 626 subscribers. That is awesome. Let's keep it rolling. Try to get 700 as fast as we can. Now, this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Horace Lee. My dude hooked me up with, if you can see it here, I know you can't see it on the podcast, but it's a Oscar Robinson jersey. It's awesome. I got the goat of Bearcat basketball, and I'm wearing it. So, Horace, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much for letting me have this. This is really, really cool. If you guys don't know who Oscar Robertson is, look him up. He's the GOAT. He is Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan ever existed. So, you should look him up. And I'm sure most Bearcat fans know who Oscar Robertson is. Anyway, I'm very excited to have this jersey, and I greatly appreciate Horace for giving it to me. It's awesome. All right, guys. Matt. We are less than a week, less than a week away from our Bengals taking the field against the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, I got this from uh, Bengals.com, who has yet to have A.J. Green for a full practice in pads in his two seasons as Bengals head, head coach. But he says he'll have him on Sunday for the opener 405. You can watch it on Local 12 versus, like I said, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, you have to, have to write down the Los Angeles Chargers because I always say San Diego, but it's the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm very excited about the Bengals. Like I said, I'm still concerned about the offensive line. I know they let some guys go and pick some more guys up. Uh, I hope Bobby Hart, Bobby, I, dude, I'm, I'm praying that you are better than you have shown. I hope you are because it looks like you are going to be the starting right tackle. Like I said, I'll be glad to be wrong. I got no problem being wrong. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong because I want you to do well. I want everybody who's wearing a Bengals jersey to do well. So we'll find out next Sunday at 4.05. Now, you guys know I'm uh, friends with uh, Bengal Jim, and he does the uh, the tailgate that he's been doing for like 30 years uh, before the Bengals game. And he's got his own uh, YouTube uh, show he does on Sunday nights. Well, he's done it on Sunday nights. I think now the season starts, they're going to move it to Tuesday nights. But he's having this virtual tailgate since none of us can go to the game, at least the first game. Uh, I've been telling you about it. And uh, it's Bengal Gyms uh, before the Roar tailgating experience. It's kind of like a drive-in. But it's sold out. It's awesome. All these proceeds are going to the Ken Anderson Foundation. Um, it's going to be a good time. You guys, if you can't get down there, um, you can watch them. And they're going to be broadcasting uh, from... Uh, down there at the tailgate. Uh, so it'll be, then they're going to show a whole bunch of different Bengals uh, watch parties. They got people coming from England, uh, I think Canada, <laughs> maybe me. I don't know. We'll see. But they got uh, a lot of stuff. It's going to be really cool to watch it and uh, be a part of it. I wish I could be down there, but I already got my own Bengals party going on down here in the ice cave. Now, as I said, we can't go to the game, which, like I said, in. Lots of shows I think is ridiculous. I think we should be given a choice to make it our choice if we want to go or not. But 
It is what it is. But on Saturday, the state of Ohio announced that there will be they will be granted a variance, a variance to the Cincinnati Bengals to allow them to host six thousand fans for the October fourteenth home game versus the Jaguars and the October twenty fifth game versus the Browns. Now, I'm a season ticket holder this year for the very first time. Probably was a bad year <laughs> to buy season tickets for the first time because, like I said, I didn't go to, get to go to any preseason games. I can't go to the first game. Now they're only letting 6,000 people in. I don't know how they're going to pick. I have not received anything as to if I get to go or not. Um, if they go by season ticket holders, if they go by, you know, who's been there the longest, it definitely won't be me. Now, one thing that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done and I know this because my sister-in-law uh, is down, lives down in Florida, and she's a Buccaneers season ticket holder. Now, what they've done, now they're not letting anybody in for the first couple games that I know of, but once they do, they're not letting any of the season ticket holders in. Well, I mean, you can get in, but you have to buy a ticket. Now, that might be the easiest way to do this. If you can only let 6,000 people in, you might just say, season ticket holders, we're going to roll your tickets over to the next year. And first come, first serve to the first 6,000 people that get tickets. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. That's a thought for me. The other one is to go, like I said, by the season ticket holders who's been there the longest, at least for the first game, and then maybe the second game let the other people in. It's like I don't know. I assume they have at least 6,000 season ticket, season ticket holders. But, again, I don't know for a fact. These are just my thoughts on things that they possibly could do I haven't been told anything. I emailed my ticket uh, broker or lady with the Bengals to find out if I get to go, and I have not heard anything back yet. I did that on Saturday, so I don't even think they know what they're going to do yet, but we got a month to figure that out. Now, get to the wide receivers here. This, like I said, this would be the first time that A.J. Green actually will play a game for Zach Taylor. And there's been lots of questions out there. People ask me, like, do you, would you sign AJ for to a long-term contract? Right now, no. I mean, I love AJ Green to death. He's one of my favorite all-time Bengals. But you got to think business-wise, he hasn't played in almost two years. He's been very injured from, from going from never getting injured to, like I said, he hasn't played in almost two years. My thought process is... And this is where I think the Bengals are at with them drafting of T. Higgins. Um, I think unless A.J. has like an all-pro year this year, which he possibly could. You never know what's going to happen. Unless that happens, I don't see the Bengals signing him to a long-term contract. He's been here for 10 years. He is getting older. He's getting injured. You know, those are the things that happen when guy they just they move on. It just the way, Unless he's willing to sign for less money to stay here, then I can see that happening. Um, AJ's to the point of his career here where he wants a ring. And depending on how this season goes, if Joe Burrow is as good as advertised, he might take less money to stay here to catch passes from Joe, thinking that he could lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl. That's one thought. Um, but I don't see him getting, even if he has an all-pro year, I don't see him getting a huge contract from anybody because of his age and because he has been you know, injured. So we'll see what happens. Again, I love A.J. Green. I'm so happy 
The Bengals signed Joe Mixon. Like I've talked about this a couple months ago. Four years. That's the perfect amount. He gets $48 million. That's really good money. It's not stupid money. It's good money. And he's worth every bit of it. Now, the thing that the Bengals offense need to do, and I hope they do, and since we don't have a great pass-catching tight end, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, come out of backfield, hit him with some screens, hit him with some dump-offs. This is what I ho- I'm hoping happens in the Bengals offense. But like the rest of us, I have no idea because we haven't seen him play, which is good and bad. It's good because the Bengals can hide everything <laughs> from the Chargers. So they have no idea what, what they're getting into. The bad is if they didn't practice enough, then you get to have something like you saw Saturday night with Navy BYU. And Navy basically said they didn't do anything really to get ready for the game. They social distanced. They never hit each other. I mean, that's what I've said. There's a certain point where you got to get ready to play football. You have to hit people and play football. And that's where I really wish they would at least played one preseason game or the Bengals would have done a scrimmage with another team or something so you can get some game action and, you know, something so the first time you really get hit is not next Sunday. But that's what we're going to have happen. Now, hopefully, Zach Taylor and the coaching staff have done a better job than Navy did because those guys weren't ready to play at all. It was – I was so excited to watch football and I couldn't watch it. It was boring. There's no crowd. The game was boring. <laughs> they got destroyed. It just wasn't wasn't much fun to watch. Now let's get to my Cincinnati Reds. Hey, anyway, I said on Friday show, I want a sweep. David Bell, I want a sweep. I want a sweep. We should have swept them. We could have swept them. The second game of the doubleheader, our defense again. We have brain cramps, <laughs> and we keep doing them over and over and over again. This is the same dumb stuff we did when David Be- or uh, Bob Boone was the manager. Same stuff. Different team. Different manager. Same stuff. Then, not yesterday, but um, Sunday. <sighs> All right. We scored two runs. We needed to score more. I kept seeing, guys, we got to score more runs. We got to get another run. And our offense went, we didn't get anything. Went to crap. So I'm like, all right, Iggy's in. He had a really good eighth inning, got out of it. Start off bad. <laughs> Very bad. All right, he got to the point where the bases were loaded. He had already given up. The tying run. Archie Bradley is in the bullpen warming up. We traded for him for to come in for situations like this. What really needed to happen is we needed two strikeouts. David Bell comes out. I'm like, all right, he's going to take him out. No, he leaves him in, and he brings Nick Cassianos in from right field as another infielder, which is fine. I have no problem with that move. The move I have a problem with is leaving Iggy in there we got Bradley ready in the bullpen. It's like, go get him. We cannot afford to lose these games. Obviously, Iglesias does not have it. All they got to do is hit the ball in the outfield. We only got one out. That's all they had to do, and the game was over. You needed a strikeout. Iglesias did not have that in him right then. I don't know if Bradley would have, but to me, that would have made more sense to go get him and put him in there because he's looked really well, really good. Uh, the times that he's pitched for the Reds. But David Bell didn't. He stuck with Iglesias, and we lose the game that we should have lost. <laughs> so we went from having a really good shot of sweeping the Pirates 
and getting back in this race because we were only two games out of a playoff spot. I'm not sh- sure what we are now. It's, it might be three games. We're, st- <laughs> we're still in it. I mean, <laughs> this is the craziest season. But those are things where... <sighs> is it David Bell's fault that Iglesias got the bases loaded? No. Is it David Bell- Bell's fault that Iglesias gave up the game tying hit and the game tying or game winning RBI. No, but you're there to make the tough decisions. And a tough decision right then would be take Iglesias out and bring in Bradley. That's what you're there for. You know, I, I if you did that and Bradley gave up, gave it up, then I'm like, all right, well, there's it just wasn't gonna happen. It was still ticked me off, but at least you would have done something to try to change the course of the game. I mean, the baseball players don't hit ground balls now. So the chances of them hitting a ground ball at one of your five infielders, there's a less likely chance of that happening than them hitting the ball to the outfield. So there's a better chance if you have a guy to come in and strike them out. Because <laughs> that's what they want to do. They want to lift and separate. So they either hit the ball in the air or they swing and miss. So anyway... David Bell just has got to go. He, he just, uh, I don't see him finishing this, or not finish. I don't see him being the Reds manager next year. I'll be surprised if he is. There's just too many mental mistakes the Reds make. Now, yes, that's on the players, but it's also on the manager because you're in charge of the team. Changing a manager changes the culture of the team. And I'll, I'll put it this way. I love Tony Perez. Tony Perez is one of the greatest Reds ever. In 1994, he was the Reds manager. And they got off to a terrible start. Awful start. They fired him, which is very controversial. Brought in David Johnson. And they played a lot better. And they did even better in, well, the season got, you know. Or that was 93, sorry. That was in 93. 94, they did really well. Then they had to strike. But 95, they went to the playoffs. My point being, you can't fire the players. You can fire the manager, and they've done it over and over and over again. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying that's just what they do when a team that is slotted to be a lot better than they're playing right now, that's what they do. They change the manager. Just saying. Anyway, getting to uh, Facebook groups here that I help run. They're Bengals Nation, Bearcats Country, Reds Country, and Cyclones Country. And I also ask you to follow me on all my social media platforms. Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. And uh, like I said, this is a podcast as well. So make sure you check out the podcast if you can't watch the show. I'm on uh, Potbean, Anchor, Spotify, all of them. Give me a five-star review. YouTubers, like I said, we're up to 626. That is awesome. That's the biggest jump I've had in about a month or more. So that's great. I appreciate all you guys getting strawberry ice out there. Big shout out to my my man, uh, Mike Kyle Jr. for uh, shouting me out on Bengals Nation and trying to get everybody to subscribe to my show. Really appreciate that, brother. Other than that, it's Tuesday. We got football on Thursday. We got NFL football on Thursday. I'm excited. And then the Bengals on Sunday. That's just sports, baby. See you guys.